Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. Right, absolute pleasure to have Alex Crockford, uh, superstar from the fitness world and cover model. You're sponsored by Under Armour as well now, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big, a big, big accolade as well. So, uh, international model as well onto the podcast. So, um, absolute pleasure to have you on here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I hear you've recently returned from New York. So, what were you doing over there? Well, just as you said, um, I was actually shooting for Under I have this quite cool UK-based gig with with my Under Armour sponsorship. But uh, whilst doing that, the global or the US team noticed what we were doing and uh, invited me over to New York to do a global shoot with them. So it was very, very exciting, very quick turnaround. Uh, We were shooting in a gym or a studio called Burn, which was actually a cold gym. It was the first Cold. cold. It was like walking into a fridge. Yeah, it was like eight degrees or 40 degrees uh, Celsius and it was uh, uh, Fahrenheit and it was actually free. it was like walking into a fridge and training and they uh, explained all the benefits of um, cold training and, and burning more calories and keeping you moving all these um, cool benefits but whilst we were shooting the Under Armour winter gear so it all aligned quite nicely that is absolutely bizarre I've never heard of that in my life before so that's <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like niche in fitness it wasn't like yeah, uh, the, the, what's the hot yoga called they have now? Hot yoga. What's the word for that? Bikram yoga. Uh, Bikram yoga. Yeah, it's exactly. You got cold stuff, hot stuff, everything. A little bit in the middle. So, um, obviously, the what we wanted to go through today was obviously talking about how you manage your physique with your, obviously your crazy work schedule of traveling a lot. And I know that's something that uh, people come across a lot with my clients as an obstacle that they are not an obstacle necessarily, like maybe a challenge in terms of getting in shape sometimes and like trying to use as an excuse, um, which in my opinion, there's always a way around pretty much everything. And I know obviously you're going to be incredibly well versed with this because I obviously you ran as well as you going to do a marathon in Japan early in the year as well. Yeah, that's true. I ticked off a marathon in March. Um, so yeah, my, my goals have kind of merged over the years and taken off some endurance things. But since the marathon finished, I have really targeted down on getting back to the physique training and feeling strong and looking good stuff that I've done for the past decade but I really wanted to get back to that and yeah I completely agree people do use a bit of uh, excuses and everything that when traveling and when their life isn't perfect that means that everything can just go downhill but Often, I think that just because there's an optimal place to be, just because like, I'm similar to you, I love weight training, I love bodybuilding, that's probably my favorite way to train for my physique. But sometimes with my, my life, my travel, it isn't always possible for me to get that gym session in. But it doesn't mean I do nothing. It means I try and manage the situation the best way I can. Often that's uh, a crappy hotel gym where you've got to make alternatives and train using the best way you can or simply just a body weight workout and just do what you can with your body but it never means do nothing unless i really need the rest for example but yeah, yeah. heavily jet left <laughs> yeah like right now <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's one of those things there's always the same with the, the food thing with traveling like there is always a sensible option of what you can or you can't eat and i think people often just go down the least the path of least resistance and just go for the, the easy fix of 
processed junk food all the time when there is always a, a more sensible alternative. Um, I don't know if you've got any experience of that. I don't think in particular you've traveled. Obviously, if you've been to the US, the US is a lot easier, I find, with um, having maybe healthier options. Yeah, there's always good options around. And like I've, I've got my own demons. I have my own challenges. And often I find if I'm on a quick trip, then I've got this battle in my mind of, oh, I'm, I'm only here just a short amount of time. And I'm, I'm in New York, for example. But how can I how can I not enjoy great food that's that's in front of me? Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a um, difficult one. Yeah, exactly. But then I knew if I ate crap for a solid three days or if the trip was longer, then I know that it's going to be filled with regret. It's going to take a while to get back in the routine. And it's not going to make me feel very healthy or very good about myself anyway. Um, but yeah, there is always um, better options around. And often... It's even if you're eating out, there's a there's a good um, choice to have. But often it's trying to get into your own routine, even when you're away. Whether that's if you can do some home cooking, or like you said, avoiding the processed stuff as much as possible. And the methods I usually go down are simply thinking: in how can I get some real food? How can I try to keep to the most unprocessed stuff as possible? Real whole foods, fruits and nuts and vegetables and meat. Um, and then if that takes care of a high percentage of what I'm eating daily, then then you can enjoy the, the dessert here and there or whatever. It's not about being perfect every single moment of the day, but it's just trying to keep that momentum going and knowing that when you're back home, you can get back on your good normal routine, your day-to-day life. And that's what matters most, I find. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I find as well, like if you can, as you said, if you're like, if you're pretty much ninety percent on it while you're away, you'll get away with the ten percent. If you want to have like a dessert here and there, or like you're in New York and you want to try, I don't know, like something special this to yeah. that area, then and like you're only there once, then like by all means, go and have it, and enjoy your life. Or like it's all about having experiences and things you're going to enjoy. And that one like item of food isn't going to destroy your physique. But then if you did that all day every day for three days then yes you're gonna have a problem um, yeah <laughs> what so, do you do because i know you spend a lot of time in spain do you like build a, a routine there if you're there for yeah so if, I'm, if i'm in spain i have a pretty easy structure routine i find it really easy uh there to generally eat or approach most places to eat and the same thing as you i just find that i go for like a lean clean protein source and then depending on like i push my carbohydrates very heavily around when i'm training so if, if i'm if I'm going out for dinner, say after I've worked out, I'll have a carb dense meal. And if I'm, if I'm not training on that day, I'll just go out and have steak and veg or fish and like some grilled fish or something like that with some vegetables. It's so yeah. easy to eat out and eat healthily in these places, but you just have to have the right mindset and go looking for the right choices instead of yeah. just going with what you fancy eating sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's complete. It's the motivation and the mindset because if you're completely motivated, to stay on track then it can be done very easily it's all about where you are in your mindset and how motivated you are to keep it going the biggest thing i find as well is just make sure like whilst you're away just keep your training up so even if you are in a crappy hotel gym like i don't necessarily go down the body weight workout routes like you would perhaps but i might do uh, i'll make sure that i do cardio every morning because that's almost like damage limitation to give me the extra calorie allowance throughout the day so if i want to have uh, treat here or there that I can get away with having an extra three to 500 calories a day, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally agree. Often I find that when your training keeps up, then 
naturally you stay quite motivated on nutrition as well because as soon as you start (laughs) yeah totally when one goes you're like oh well what's the point and then you start eating whatever you want as well and like you said that morning cardio or that routine that kind of starts the day strong puts you in the right mindset for the rest of the day it's all about setting the day from the start and you set the tone so you start the tone with a small win there and then you'll yeah. breakfast and then you'll eat correctly. And then the next move, go eat correctly. And you can tick the boxes through the day as you go. And then when yeah. you come to dinner in the evening, this is always my preference. If you can have something you're going to treat yourself to and enjoy, always have it at the last meal of the day. Because if you have it at lunchtime or breakfast, you mm-hmm. always have that you have that sugar craving for the rest of the day. And you also yeah. have a bit of regret of like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Yeah, or whatever it was, uh, the waffles. I mean, it's the last, yeah, the last meal of the day. Like the day's done. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> go to bed, you forget about it. Then so it's the, you get you get plate <laughs> for the next day. So it's it's a fresh day of eating. Yeah, and with the training, I I still would prefer a weightlifting session. That's that's the main training I do. But when it comes to bodyweight training, I think a lot of people think that bodyweight training is purely hit and cardio and stuff, which has its place completely and um, can be beneficial for a lot of people. But I think depending on one's goals, whether it's a fat loss or muscle building or, or fitness or other things, um, I think you can use your body quite um, strategically without thinking it's a, a hit cardio workout because obviously a calorie burn is needed sometimes, especially if you're away traveling and you're eating not non-optimal foods. But you can do some pretty good strength workouts as well and just utilizing time under tension and long sets and pulse reps and, and really trying to get the burn in the muscles. I actually did once um, at the end of last year a four-month bodyweight only training program yeah, just to kind of... How, yeah. How, how do your joints <laughs> feel after that of interest? Um, well, one of the reasons why I entered it, there were lots of reasons, but one was an annoying knee and shoulder injury. Um, so I did actually spend half that time kind of like letting those heal. So the, the workouts weren't massively intense, but they did really help me recover because you can recover from bodyweight workouts a lot quicker than weighted ones. So it was, if people are struggling with some joint issues or injuries, um, I highly recommend taking the rest that's required, but still continuing the strength work maybe with some lightweight and specific rehab type exercises or just putting them under some bodyweight stress as you rehab. Um, however, I found with my physique, bearing in mind that I'd trained for like 12 years leading up to this moment, mostly in weightlifting training, um, I, I, I really struggled to progress my physique. I found from a four-month conclusion that it was, it was a good strategy for maintaining what you have. And I would love to lie and say you can really transform your body and and whatever with bodyweight training. But from where I was at that point, which was a good, strong physique, it was a good You were were, were an advanced athlete. Yes. If you were a complete beginner and you went into a a bodyweight training program, then of course you can transform your body, shred a load of body fat, and probably gain muscle if you're a beginner and you're just going into it. But from where I was... It was, um, it was a good maintenance tool. And so then I've kind of taken that on board and thought, if I am traveling around and doing this, then there's always a good bodyweight workout that I can do. And you, for those of you that don't know what I look, what I look like, I'm not big, bulky like you, Charlie. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite Easy a now. small, lean. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're my you're What, what, what do you want to weigh, Alex? 78 kilos? Um, yeah, you're right, 78, 78. Oh, I guess. 
I've been doing this all yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm, I'm not massive, which means that I'm, I'm probably able to maintain what I have slightly easier if I stopped weightlifting um, for a few days, for example. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Uh, that's fascinating for me to hear that from your side of things in terms of the body weight thing. I, it agrees with my thought process in terms of like body weight training is superb and works really well. Mm. If you can't get to the gym, but is it um, superior to weight training and using equipment where you can load with more resistance? Mm. Opinion, I've always been of the thought process that it's suboptimal for anyone beyond the beginner period, if that makes sense. So they're, they're yeah. I would agree. Um, there's another end of the spectrum, which is like if you're a super advanced bodyweight trainer that can do calisthenics and incredible work on the bars and stuff like that, I think. Like a ninja. If you're, if you're a ninja, ninja gymnast, yeah. <laughs> then I think you can do advanced type exercises that can help you build muscle. But again, it's a, more of a performance-based goal than a, a bodybuilder one. Yeah, and you'd have to have such advanced technique to be able to nail yeah. that down that like 99.9% of the population, myself included, yeah. like there's no way I could do anything like they do. I'd structure, I'm not built for that sort of thing anymore. Like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, in, the, in my four-month um, uh, uh, test, I thought, oh, by the end of this test, I'll be able to do all these muscle-ups, all these L-sits. And I was like, <laughs> I, I gave it a good go, but I think if you want to be good at that, it takes a long time to build a different type of strength like that. I'd, yeah. I, I, I always got these goals of being incredible at doing more gymnastic type based exercises, but they're really quite hard. Yeah. It takes a long time as well. It's a skill. <laughs> it's, a skill. it's a definite skill. Yeah. Well, um, so here's a question for you. So when you were doing your body weight training, how would you split your training throughout the week? And what was your favorite body weight exercise? Yeah. Um, the way I scheduled it was, was similar to what I was saying a minute ago, how you can do, hit cardio type work and more strength type slower um, isolated exercises. And I kind of like bounce between the two with a, with a lower body strength, upper body strength, hit and cardio, a core focus day. So that'll be four separate sessions there. Um, and there may be a bar based workout to work, to work the back because the thing with body weight training is you're, you're always on the floor and you get strong at your push muscles, your triceps, your shoulders, and your chest are all getting worked continuously. And the only way to work the back, obviously you can work the back with kind of thinking about it and, and squeezing it when you're doing these floor exercises, but to really get any pulling work done, you have to be using a bar uh, for pull-ups and other, uh, um, even if it's isometric holding exercises to work the back. Um, so my favorite exercises um, for lower body would be something single leg. So then it's a little bit, a little bit tougher. I was working my way up through simply through a lunge and then you go up to more of a split squat to work it a little bit harder. Um, and then you work up to a pistol squat, which I wouldn't say I have uh, mastered, but I got a little bit better at, I mean, the pistol squat is an incredibly advanced Difficult. single leg exercise that requires mobility and everything as well. Um, so there's always progressions I found with bodyweight training is that there is no limit. It really, it really is very beneficial and you can continuously work up to harder exercises and, and also regress them down if you're a beginner. Um, for upper body, um, the, you know, there's, a, there's hundreds of different press-up uh, variations you can do and even work it up into like, shoulder, like handstand and shoulder exercises. But I probably really enjoyed getting on the bar 
and doing pull-ups and um, levers. And it really works the core like nothing else. It gave you a, a new perspective on sitting there and doing crunches versus being on a bar and putting yourself like flat back against the floor and working your abs in that way. It really works your core as a whole and makes you realize that you don't need to do reps, but actually holding exercises isometrically um, is really, really hard and gives you an incredible workout in all muscle groups, um, but especially the core. Do you find there's any particular like core and ab work, uh, ab, ab exercises you prefer over anything else? Um, I think all that hanging exercises, when you're hanging and you're doing the knee ups, the leg raises, the, the rotations, all of that is really great because not like a lot of the, the crunching type exercises, of course, works across the ab. And they're great, but sometimes focuses on the on the upper abs, which isn't normally people's weakness. A lot of people's weakness is the deep core, transverse abdominals, lower. lower abdominals, and lower back, and and these actual core muscles. And if you have the the strength to start hanging on a bar and, and doing some of those exercises, then they're really really beneficial. And like I said, there's continuous progressions in so many different directions and so many variations that your body will be continuously challenged, your brain will be interested and, and uh, you'll be doing something new every, every workout. Yeah, it's plenty of fun variations. And again, the beauty of those sort of ab uh, exercises, you can pretty much do them anywhere. So like, you can go down the park and they've got a stupid yeah. going in the playground. You can like, do them in the playground, you can do them wherever. Like all you yeah, need yeah. bar you can hang from and then you can get the exercises done. So uh, it really is that straightforward. Yeah, and if I'm traveling and I see a bar around, like in a park or something, then you're like, aha, if I don't find a gym, then I know I've got that there. You can always get a decent workout. Do you have any tips for when you're traveling in terms of like preparing for your trips, any little like nuggets of information or like little routines you do for when you go? Um, I think it is trying to keep as much control as possible and, um, and having a plan and thinking about your schedule because it's very easy to let things uh, get ahead of you. And then before you know it, you've let things slip. So if you do, if you have taken the mindset of wanting to stay on top of things and keep the momentum, then make a plan. Like I always take my supplements. I've got, I take my protein with me or whatever. Just try to keep to as much of your daily routine at home as you would as when you're away. And then when you're far away, think about the days, planning the workouts, even if they aren't your normal ones. And figure out what you what you're going to do because as soon as you have more, like you said, the, the challenges and the barriers, obstacles, it's so easy just to think, oh, you know what, it's not worth it. It, um, it really yeah. isn't difficult. We've got to do is spend five minutes to think about, okay, this is where I'm going to work out. This is what I'm going to do, and then like mm. two minutes of thought of thinking, okay, after the gym, I'm going to go and eat here. This is what I'm going to eat, and then yeah, okay, I'll buy some extra food. And I'll eat these like as snacks between meals or whatever. It, like it's yeah. really rocket science. It's just planning a little bit ahead for that day. So like I'll always know in my head, okay, this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm going to eat for the day. These, um, like I'll have these snacks between meals. And like, I'm, like you said, in terms of taking your supplements with you and controlling your environment, I take all my supplements, bits and pieces with me, even like good tip for a lot of people where like you don't, if you don't take a whole tub of protein powder with you, for example, either buy your sample sachets or literally I just divvy protein up into like, like, you know, plastic zipper, Ziploc bags. And I'll just put a load in one of those and save carb powder for like an inch of workout drink and just take that with you. And like, there's no reason you can't take anything like that on the plane. 
Um, so I think a lot of people are paranoid. Oh, you can't take protein powder on the plane or anything like that. Like, it's not an issue. You're not, you're not smuggling cocaine. Like, it's fine. It's, um, I've had that question all the time. People do wonder, oh, you can take that when you travel. Like, yeah, yeah of course you can. You can take any food with you. Um, but people think that powder looks suspicious. But, <laughs> but no, I you can take protein with you. <laughs> like, last time I went to Dubai, they stopped me. Open my suitcase and it's just like tubs of protein. There's like vitamin pills everywhere. And they were literally like, what the hell is this? And um, they, all they were bothered about was they were trying to find, they thought I had like an e-cigarette. I was like, dude, I don't fucking smoke. Like, I don't, yeah. like, this protein powder. Like, I don't have, I'm not into that. So like, that's all they were Can you not see I'm taking my health seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an e-cigarette? Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not, not into e-cigarettes. That's not quite my gig. So, um, yeah, there's no reason people you can't take your supplements wherever you're going in the world. So if you can control all these variables, again, it's one less thing that's going to be against you when you travel. So um, you've heard it from there from myself and from Alex and pretty much anyone I know who's at the higher level in terms of the fitness world. Like take your supplements with you. You take your routine with you wherever you are in the world. Those things don't change. Just the location of where you are changes, if that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, I totally. And one one other thing is that like, I don't know about other people, but often, like, if I am trying to be good, then I've often under, under-eaten. I've often been a little bit too restrictive. And um, that's when sometimes I've gone too far the other way. So definitely try and keep up the nutrition and eat enough. You don't want to kill that metabolism and start being too restrictive just because you're away. Or if you're on a sunny, sunny holiday and you're topless, it doesn't mean eat nothing and try and starve yourself. You've got to try and keep up the keep up the nutrition um, and keep training and it won't be as harmful as you think. The thing is what I'm sure you'll find the same. It's like I track my steps, my activity daily. I'm like, okay, I use like an Uro ring. And mm. um, when I'm away, my activity levels are so much higher that I end up, I, my calorie like demands are actually higher in my body because I'm so much more active. I'm not just sitting down with a laptop. So like, and I generally tend to be sleeping better and I sleep more. I'm more relaxed and so my body actually hormonally is in a better position to actually burn fat. So a lot of the time, unless I'm actually like pushing the limit a little bit with food and enjoying myself, I end up coming back maybe a little bit leaner because I end up being more active and slightly more relaxed. I'm sleeping more, which then helps mm. burn more fat. So you, you can, if you're in a very active holiday, like if you're going to, if I was going to go to New York with my wife, we'd end up walking around like a million steps a day. I probably struggled to put on weight while I was there because if I was training as well, because I end up so active that whatever I was eating, you just end up burning off anyway. Yeah, totally agree. And so I think there is, there is room for leeway for that. And again, I think with anything like it's just having some balance. Like if you're going on one holiday or two holidays a year, like relax and enjoy yourself, but like you're, you yourself and me, we, we travel a lot for work. So like you can't, we can't have every week as a holiday because otherwise neither of us would ever be in shape. Yeah, that's exactly it. You're right. If I was back in the old days, having one, one or two holidays a year, oh, like, ah, stuff it, you know, just yeah. let it go. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'll have like one holiday like that a year where I'll just be like, I'll try and consciously almost switch off, not, not switch off the food, but like I'll try and be a little bit more lax just to almost have a bit of downtime. But in reality, my like, relax is probably like 70% being on diet compared to like 99.9%. But I think yeah, I, had like exactly. two, two, <laughs> I had like two ice creams when I went on the family holiday and like, I don't know, I just ended up eating and finishing off everyone else's meal probably because I'm a little bit of a game. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so when traveling, is there anything in particular you would say for anyone to avoid specifically as red flags? For me, like one of the big ones I, I'm like a big fan of people avoiding is generally plain food. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of that tends to be full of processed crap and is very hot, heavy in carbs and fats. Yeah. Which, sitting on a long haul flight, the last thing you want to be ingesting is carbs and fats. So personally, my preference is either to fast throughout the flight or just have protein only meals and a lot of water to prevent water retention yeah i agree if it's a short flight if you're just uh yeah you start a time that you could fast if it's a morning flight and it's not far then fasting should be easy to do and just keep on the water coming in i agree i've done that a couple of times if i'm going to europe somewhere on a longer haul flight then i find it a little bit tougher to fast and i would either prep food and take with me just like you said like a protein type meal um and or buy something at the airport that you're a little bit more more happier eating rather than eating the airplane food i'm exactly the same because i like i I know enough people that work on flights to be like nah don't eat that stuff (laughs) (laughs) enough said um one of the biggest differences i've noticed is that my digestion when i travel was always flaring up as soon as I stopped eating on the plane or eating plain food, it dramatically improved. Um, like that is a, a big, big like noticeable difference to me very quickly. So that was a big take home point in terms of like almost biofeedback from my body being like, don't do this anymore. Your body doesn't want the crappy plain food and don't eat carbs and like a lot of heavy food whilst flying. Yeah, it's often and it often takes like a few days to recover the inflammation and everything that it takes. And if you've got a quick trip, or if you're going on a summer holiday or something, then it can really affect you for a few days. And then by the time you've kind of got yourself back to normal, you're flying back again. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah and you've almost lost the enjoyment of the holiday to some respect. Yeah, other than that, it's, um, I think, something, everything that we've said before, really, avoiding the things that you know that don't, um, the, the, the stuff that don't agree with you, keeping to what you know, try to keep up your normal routine with training and and nutrition the foods that your body knows already um and avoiding all the all the processed stuff as much as you can um and if it's just it's a little five to five to ten percent of your calories is from the enjoying stuff then that's fine it's probably not going to affect you a great deal it's when it takes over your whole nutrition it's like a mindset it's that snowball effect when you you like you said you have something bad in the morning or or the afternoon the day yeah it can you lose the battle to the start still. of the day and it just goes from there. Yeah, exactly. That's the main point, I think. Just c- consistency from the start and then the rest will carry over. Yeah. Another little trick that I like to do as well is like if you're if you're going away on a holiday and you end up you know you're gonna be eating a lot of food and then you're gonna come you're gonna come back and you're gonna be a bit heavier. I always fast on the plane on the way back if it's long haul as well. Almost just give your stomach a bit of a, like a digestive break and almost a chance to almost like rest a little bit if you've been going a bit heavy at the the all-inclusive buffet or on the alcohol or anything like that, just almost to give your body a bit of a reset, drink a ton of water, almost just try and flush everything out through you so that when you get back, you're a little bit more refreshed to a degree. Yeah, I think people forget this about digestion as well, is that if you are like eating nonstop all the time, your body actually needs time to digest. And even if, it, even if you try a fast in your in your weekly routine here and there, not like a massive drastic one, but there's, there's results in just a 12 hour fast window of just having that normal routine where you stop eating and 
a good amount of time whilst you're sleeping and waking up um, where your body has a chance to digest. Your first job, once you put food down your stomach, your body's going to be working on that digestion. It doesn't have time to work on all the other things that it needs to achieve, especially if you're training and you're looking to rebuild muscle and, and recover. That's, uh, that's later down the list of priorities if you've got food in your stomach. Um, so you sometimes need a bit of time for all of that to actually happen. 100%. And that's in particular something that I noticed when I was trying, like, when I'm trying to add weight and get bigger is that it gets to the point where if you're taking down four and a half, five thousand 5,000 calories a day, you get to the point where your stomach gets tired, it needs a break. So like once every like week or 10 days, I'd almost like, I'd, I'd try to make, to have like an 18 hour fast. I'd almost skip maybe like on a rest day, the first three meals of the day to give my stomach a break from going to bed the night before to maybe lunchtime the following day, just to almost give it a little bit of reset and a little bit of downtime to almost yeah. a little bit and then almost build up the appetite again and give your stomach a reset and clear through. So on that fasting day, like on the day that you start eating again, even though it's only half the day, would you try and still hit your calorie goal or know that no, that's no, just I, a massive I would, deficit? I would just let that go as a deficit because if you're in that much of a surplus for that period of time, then I wouldn't necessarily be worried. And again, it's one of those things, it's not what you eat, it's what your body absorbs. So if you're at the point where you're needing to fast and you're feeling like your digestion is bloated and your body's probably not taking up food or utilizing nutrients very well, you not having those two, three meals at the start of the day, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about because when you come to then eat again later in the day, your body's going to be so much receptive to taking that food in because it's going to be like hungry for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'd probably look to maybe increase the meal size slightly or like the calorie density to a degree, but I wouldn't like overcompensate and say if I'd, if I'd missed, I don't know, 1500 calories in the, in the first half of the day, I'm not going to try and slam that in at the first meal after fasting, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cause you just end up causing more damage than good. You go from one extent of empty stomach, zero calories to then whack here's 2000 <laughs> try and digest it. Yeah, and then just pile it all back on. It was all useless. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's probably like digestion and sleep, I think in my opinion, probably the two like easiest things to fix, but the two the, uh, biggest issues that people don't look at probably the most that will get them the most yeah. if they correct them. I think we're definitely going through a phase on um, on social media and, and everything else where I think these two points are get, starting to get a bit more light um shone on them because we everyone's always talking about the training and nutrition and that's the things that a lot of people are focusing on the training although it's not easy it's certainly the thing that people can normally smash it's just one hour of the day that oh, it's a, for it. the training's the sexy bit where you're just in the gym you get a, like, yeah for it. It, it like that that's the bit it's the it's the behind the scenes that people don't see it's the same thing like analogy of like people watch like professional rugby players football players on the pitch and think, oh, that's easy. They only play football for 90 minutes. But you don't see the like five hours of training every day that's been done for the last 20 years to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. And I, you're like on YouTube and Instagram, I still receive comments from people saying, oh, how long would it take for me to get this out? Or how long would it take? And it's like, you've already got the wrong mindset. Just yeah. think, think, of, think of the lifestyle, think of the long haul, and not just the training, but like you said, the recovery. How good is your sleep? How much of that food are you digesting and looking at the overall um, picture? And that's how you're going to get the best results. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that's a, that's a real nugget of uh, information. I think everyone should take home as a real take-home point there, which I think might be a good point to end up finishing the podcast on. We're about 35, 40 minutes in there. So 
I think we've covered some very useful and insightful bits and pieces in terms of traveling, which I'm sure everyone will find very useful. Unless you've yeah, got any, I more, hope so. any more gems to drop, Alex? <laughs> I think that is everything. I think we've got some good points, like you said, and I really hope it, it gives some value to the people listening. Yeah, and hope so. And we were coming to, we're in the midst of summer holiday season, so hopefully it will help keep people on track uh, when they're out and about wherever they are this, this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if anyone wants if to you come need find any you, more, touch, Alex, if, where, where are they going to find you? Yeah, if you need help with anything else, uh, Instagram and YouTube, Alex Crockford. Um, and if you want to check out my, my Crockford app, then make sure you take a look on iOS and Android. It's a free little download for some bodyweight workouts there if you want to try them um great great for hotels yeah, that's it ask me what, any what is it yeah, what's exactly. your clients croc, croc fitters croc fitters yeah or the <laughs> croc fit community yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast buddy so thank you so much i hope this will help lots and lots of people yeah thanks for having me see you yeah. later everyone yeah.